in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here. So grab your assigned seat, sit back, and enjoy this week's top 10. Brought to you by the Schmoes No Network. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to a special Top 10 episode, Top 10 show episode. Um, this is not what we normally do. We've never done one of these before. <coughs> normally, we'll do a um, recap and review of a film, but this is more of a re- recap and review of a person's life, an actor's life. And uh, uh, this is John Roca. I am Matt Nost. And uh, we... You, you already came in. You got the you know kind of somber tone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, laid back. We just finished the best of 2015. Yeah, laughing, enjoying ourselves, telling great stories, <laughs> and now we're at awake. Yeah, we're at awake. I have to give it the proper, uh, the proper reference. And when I pitched this idea to Matt, Matt was uh, was on board, which I was really happy to hear about because I wasn't sure if why not. Let's try it. Yeah, yeah, and we wanted to do it. And so um, we're basically going to talk about Alan Rickman and his. Uh, Movies and his effect on us. Uh, did you know he movies? was battling cancer? No, I had no idea. And I don't think a lot of people did, just by the reaction of people's tweets and people's comments and when they were asked in interviews about it or called for quotes. It didn't seem like a lot of people knew he was fighting cancer. And it had been, apparently, for two years. Yeah. So for him and Bowie, Bowie yeah, 18 oh months. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we were a different show, we could have definitely talked about Bowie, too. I mean, if we were more of a music show. Although he does have some good... Films as yeah. well. You could argue his, some of his performances. My films. wife and I watched Labyrinth the day after he died because we were both sick. And she was like, do you want to watch Labyrinth? She'd never seen it. Oh, wow. She did not enjoy it. No, really? Not her thing? It's You it really need to see thing. it as a kid. Yeah. Agreed. You need to see it as a kid. After it ended, I was like, you really need to see that when you were younger because it still has magic for me. Yeah. And I was singing along to some of the songs and shit like that. Right. Whereas she was just like, this is, you know, strange. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it is. It's David Bowie with a huge cod piece. It's the Goblin King. For no reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Rickman. Yeah. First, first, you know, first thought I had was Die Hard and just like the idea yeah. that in a lot of ways he's the quintessential villain now. Mm-hmm. Like the the way that movies pattern a more intelligent villain. Yeah. Kind of didn't exist on, on that little level until you saw him. And you're like, oh, you could see... Yeah. An intelligent person doing all this, and it's just a, you're a fucking you know thief. That's all yeah. you are. You're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, an exceptional one, exactly. <laughs> well, and it's interesting. A, a, a guy pitched me, a friend of mine actually. We were having lunch, and he was like, "You should do top ten villains." And I was like, "Well, yeah, but I think this is better. I think just talking about Rickman because of his ability to play so many different parts, we could still give reverence to him being a villain, but also Galaxy Quest, also obviously Harry Potter." Oh. I, you know? I think I convinced someone a couple of weeks ago to watch Galaxy Quest because yeah. uh, my father-in-law brought it up and he's like, have you ever seen that movie? And I'm like, it's so good. Yeah. And he was like, it is. And he was so excited that I loved it Yeah, because every part is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Like they're all, you know, he's Spock. Yeah. And just essentially, yeah, <laughs> he looks so dead <laughs> in his eyes in the beginning of the film when he's got to give a stupid fucking speech. 
by Grapthar's hammer or whatever. <laughs> you know, just like you could tell that yeah. he is he goes to a different place. Yeah. He finds a happy place to take himself out of that twenty seconds of his life. Right. And then just to see the character change by the end to see what it it can actually that that, that can have a lot of meaning. Yeah. And in the right context, you know, you it will embrace so, it. That film was so funny to play with the archetypes of what we've seen with Star Trek or uh-huh. um, or multiple other franchises that have this whole space kind of vibe to them. Um, but what he did, what was so interesting, to, it was such a perfect thing to cast him because he is a Shakespearean trained actor. He yeah. is legitimate. What am I doing in this? Yeah, so he's he's legitimate to expose the humor of something that he knows so well. He can find the moments because he also comes off as a blowhard. There is no legitimate reason for him to feel this way because there's a reason he's doing this because maybe he yeah. wasn't that great at Shakespeare and this is the or best he could do. he made the choice to, the, for the cash grab yeah, for the cash and grab. he's paying for that cash grab yep. ever since. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now which, you're pigeonholed into that. Which if you study the Nimoy situation, Nimoy had feelings about being Spock. Like he was... A very well-trained classical actor. He did not just like jump in and you know out of the blue. He had all this pedigree coming in. Even in Mission Impossible stuff, he had issues with doing some of the Mission Impossible stuff because he wanted a bigger role. And so it's fascinating. It's interesting. And and he'll be the first one to tell you in biographies. He is the original original member of the cast more than Shatner yeah. because there was a first captain before Shatner. Um, so it's just that kind of thing. And so it was fun to see. Uh, Alan Rickman exposed that in Galaxy Quest so well. But, I mean, Hans Gruber, man, that's... Well, Hans Gruber, uh, um, you know, Severus Snape. Severus Snape, yeah. Uh, Even uh, uh, Prince Joe, or whatever it was, Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood. Oh, he's great. Still great in that. He's the best part of that movie. Oh, absolutely. By miles. The best part. By miles. To this day, I still think of the, uh, and I want you to dig his heart out with a spoon. With a spoon! With a spoon. Just like, (laughs) he's so fucking pissed, and then his... And then his cousin, uh, cousin, why uh, a spoon? Yeah, like, yeah. Because it's dull. <laughs> It'll hurt more. It'll just like longer. the... Ah. He's so, I mean, just great in it. And then yeah. like, Love Actually. Yeah, Love Actually Very well. vulnerable, and he's great in that. Yeah. And uh, There's not a part that I can think of where Alan Rickman isn't great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even in, if you see his smaller films where he, like, uh, tr- I think it's Truly Madly Deeply, this British film where he plays the ghost... It's almost a version of always. Spielberg's always almost okay. a version of that, and he's like shepherding his wife to the next relationship. So pain, so uh, um, beautiful and heartbreaking in in the part that he plays in the film, you know. And that's what was so great to see after Hans Gruber, because in Hollywood you can be stereotyped. Oh, he's just the villain. He'll just be the villain, you know. He'll always be the villain. But he was able. He had the opportunity, and he was able to really knock it out of the park to play all these different parts. And who better to play? Um, the duality of Severus Snape then uh, Rickman, yeah. you know, his ability to play the evil notes or the supposedly evil uh, beats in, in those films and then turn around and play the really like when he's holding uh, uh, Harry's wife, uh, Harry's mom. I mean, in that as wow, but your heart breaks in half He's because he has that ability to convey that vulnerability in such a powerful way. That's what was, he was so gifted, man. You know, I mean, actors, it's really rare to watch them play different parts and then, be so believable in those yeah, parts. That you know? 100% you buy anytime Alan Rickman, Rickman was in something, yeah. I knew he was going to be fine. Yes. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about him. Right. Because every character I've ever seen him play, I loved. Yeah. 
And that's so impressive. It's just like when, when the news comes out, Alan Rickman dies. Yeah. You don't really think about someone like that, how it affects you. Yeah. It's so weird because I never will I ever meet Alan Rickman now. Right. No. It's never going to happen. But I feel like I know him because I've seen him play enough different characters yeah. where you would assume that enough of his personality may shine through. I mean, mm-hmm. not who he truly is, obviously. Right. But it's like, oh, that, that seemed like a genuine laugh. And yeah. he was genuinely crying in that moment. He was genuinely like... Wow, it's so weird that someone who I feel like I know on some level yeah. is now gone, yeah. and I don't fucking know them at all. But right. my mind believes because he was that good. Yeah, and I think Matt, that's a great point. I think the best actors uh, put so much of themselves in their parts. Yeah, you know, and hone their I mean, parts still to make it work. Trying to bring something else to life, of course. But there's also speech patterns, rhythms of movement that are very similar across the characters. Yeah, and no matter how much you try and disguise them. Right, and that's what signifies you. And so in essence, what people are connecting to is you, your natural way of being. Yeah. You may not be that character a thousand percent, but your approach and your portrayal of the character has echoes of your personality and your personal humanness in it, and that's what we connect to. And that's why, I, same thing with, with you, like I'll never meet him. Uh, I, I never got a chance to watch him on stage or anything, um, but... The his um, portrayals of characters at seminal moments in my life are really powerful. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, obviously Die Hard it just blow your mind. But then Sheriff of Nottingham because I enjoy the, I've always enjoyed the Robin Hood idea. Uh, Love Actually is a film that my friends and I get together and watch every Christmas. And his storyline is so heartbreaking because Emma's so powerful as his wife in discovering that secret. But he's so. Uh, 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 relatable because he's a broken man trying to find out where he fits. Yeah, and and yeah. this attractive younger woman is throwing yeah. him some heat. Yeah, and who doesn't like that attention? It makes you feel good about yourself. Right, and there's no resolution. They get back together. They stay together. Yeah, they stay because together. A lot of marriages have that. That's truth. And he has to play those those moments of those levels of what the situation is, and him reading his wife, knowing what's happening, and then like he just has to like this is his life, you know, and he stayed in it. Um, all of it. and then Galaxy Quest because I'm a massive fan of Star Trek and Star Wars. Like just to see that come to life, mm-hmm. to see him portray, like all of that was right at the zeitgeist when people were having it. Like people were having a retrospective feeling about Star Trek. Here comes Galaxy Quest, and here's this whole thing that really makes fun of it in such an elevated way. It's such an elevated uh, spoof of the film because it has these really beautiful moments, like at the end when he actually says the speech for real by Grapthar's hammer. There's you're such a fucking Yeah, awesome. you can feel his energy. Yeah, yeah. Tra- it, like, literally change. You can see it go across him as he's believing these words for the first time in his yeah. life. Yeah. What maybe when he presented it the first time on the actual TV show. Right. Tried as a character to get into it because he wanted to do a good job of the part, yeah. even if he was above all this bullshit. Right. And then now of, like, no, these words have meaning for the first time ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. I actually believe that this is going to motivate you, this gibberish nothing statement. <laughs> But somehow these people have believed it to almost be not quite religion. Yeah. But it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, a couple of his movies, Die Hard and Galaxy Quest yeah. in particular. I think Love actually will fade a little bit with time for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Just because it'll look so much of the time. Right. Because there's a million little vignettes and there's like the like the guy, the English guy that goes to America and meets all the Oh, yeah. All the that top. Guy, yeah, that's all. That already to me is like that needs to be cut. 
<laughs> Even though you can't yeah. cut from a film at this point, right? That kind of needs to be cut for me. Yeah. Uh, the Rickman do not, but like Galaxy Quest and Die Hard, I'm guessing if someone were to pop those in in 50 years, I'd be like, yeah, I like this movie still. Yeah, like it still holds up. And all the Potters, obviously. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll even throw in Quigley Down Under. I liked him in Quigley Down Under. I that film that was one of those. I have a weird thing with Tom Selleck. I mean, yeah, Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the occasional feature film of Tom Selleck. Yeah. Mr. Baseball is great. Mr. Baseball, I like great. I liked an innocent man, and I liked Quigley Down Under. I thought him and Laura San Giacomo and Alan Rickman. It's actually worth your time to watch that film. It's a. It's an. I watch it if I fl- if I stumble on it. I definitely will watch at least five minutes. If it's a Rickman scene, I will watch ten fifteen minutes because he is so effective. Even though he's playing a villain again this quickly after Die Hard. It's still a, he still has a different personality with that villain. Yeah, there's more vulnerability in that kind of. Well, it's trail. not this, you know, over the top like '80s muscle bound villain or yeah. something where it's. Of course, you look like a physical terror. Right. Right. So right, right. it makes sense that I'd be afraid of you. Yeah. Like no, he just looks like a snake. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. But that's the great part about him is you know. In no way do I think of him like that. No, right, exactly. You know what I mean? He kind of has the vibe of, like, the affluenza kid, where that kid looks like he needs to be punched in the mouth. He just does at all times. Whereas Rickman, right. I don't know, I'd rather yeah. just sit and shoot the shit with that guy. Because, yeah, he's got that face, but at the same time, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. He seems like he'd be quick with a laugh, mm-hmm. and he'd be intelligent, and also, like... Really excellent at cut downs. Yeah, uh, probably. He always has struck me as a guy that is yeah. just like, I would love to, I love doing this with some of my comic friends that would just sit and would just, you know, be off in a crowd yeah. and just start making fun of everybody, just between the two of you. Nobody yeah. else can hear it. Right. It's just, it's shit talking to make the other person <laughs> laugh. So you're just finding any tiny flaw in a person yeah. and over-exaggerating why it makes them like terrible or ugly or right. this or that or look at this asshole, blah, 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 blah. He seems like the type of guy. He's always struck me as that yeah. kind of guy that I like to hang out with like that. We're just like, we sit off the side. We yeah. talk a lot of shit. Well, when people talk about, I mean, Emma Thompson's statement and uh, Daniel Radcliffe's, like their comments, their, their comments when they were act, asked about him after, like it's so, no one has a cross word to say about him. And it's not like, oh, because he's dead, we should be nice. You can tell the level to which he affected their lives, the level to which he shared himself with them. You know, yeah. you, you hear that in their in their. Uh, responses and you know this is this was a good man and his quotes when he talks about acting or when he talks about uh what he did with his w- through his work you know you you get the sense that he he wasn't a man who was a man who respected his work but didn't take himself seriously and that's important to be able to walk that line did he ever do a uh uh actor studio with lipton oh i don't know fuck i it don't strikes know. me as a guy that didn't for whatever reason right. even though they did eight thousand of those things yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just looking through his stuff, like Sense and Sensibility. He was great as Colonel Brandon. And you have Michael. I even liked him in Michael Collins. Very uneven yeah. film. Very uneven <laughs> film. But he has these powerful moments with Liam Neeson where he has to turn his back on Neeson. And it's, ah, oh, man, it's so great to see these two actors bang up against each other through the whole film. You know, I know where Liam Neeson is now ended up is so interesting given where... Once he vaulted into the public eye, yeah. Unless you really knew about Darkman, but you were one of the you know <laughs> I, I few. I went and saw my that. my brother rented that. it, and that's yeah. I was like, ah, oh, this is fucking Darkman. <laughs> like later on, but everybody else knew him as like a super serious, excellent actor, which yeah. he is. Yeah. And then now he's like, oh yeah, I can't imagine twenty year or thirty years ago telling him to be like, you know, when you're old and most people are collecting Social Security, 
you turn into an action hero. Yeah. That's so strange, but you believe it. Yeah, of course. You believe it. I don't know if I could buy that gear from Rickman, but right. at the same time, maybe. I never knew oh, that. Well, I don't gonna... know if he would have ever been. He Did was you ever so believe you were, like Liam Neeson was going to be able to f- close fight and all that shit? That's that he a good take point. Him? I guess suppose, suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. I don't know. I, I don't see it from yeah. Rickman because he could have done that in Die Hard if he wanted right, to. Right, right. Even though the part didn't call for it. Well, he almost struck me. He always struck me as a man, a man who would dismantle you with his mind as opposed to his body. Whereas Liam Neeson almost never got cast in those kinds of parts. So it, it, made, it would make sense a little more with Neeson than Rickman. But Rickman would be a more dynamic action hero in many ways. and so Because you wouldn't fun. see it coming. Right, exactly. Which would have been fun to see him play those kinds of parts, you know, and see how much he could have done with them. I mean, even in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, he's the best part of that movie as that depressed robot. He is the I best have, part I of the movie. I think I have to give it to Sam Rockwell. You, oh, you like Sam Rockwell more than I like his stupid little... over... The, exactly. Yeah. Oh, just... Whereas Martin Freeman, most deaf, uh, who I've seen, you know, oh, obviously yeah. be excellent in other things, yeah. just kind of, I don't, I don't know if I blame them or I just blame the fact that you, you really can't make that book into a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of tough because it's so absurdist. Right. And I, I was like, I went to see it and I was applauding the fact that they could even try. Yeah. Because it's so out there. It is. Yeah. It's a book that you kind of really need to buy into the world really quickly. Right. Just for eh, nothing makes sense, and yet everything is possible. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of true, technically, if you... Sure. Infinite number of universes and worlds, every reality then that's potentially possible could exist and does exist. Sure. All right, so... (laughs) Yeah, pterodactyls shit in tacos somewhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's hypothetically possible, so then that means with an infinite number of choices, then it is happening somewhere. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, but I will never know. We will. That's one of those of we will literally never know. <laughs> there could be a planet where pterodactyls are shitting tacos. Absolutely. <laughs> you can't tell where, me that there's not. I don't know where that planet is, but. Yeah, no one could definitively tell me that it doesn't exist. That means also there's a world out there where Alan Rickman is the, that world's greatest action hero. That's d- damn right. Exactly. Damn Just right. the number one ass kicker. Like, <laughs> really? He does more serious and drama and kind of, wow, man. Alan Rickman here is the fucking Schwarzenegger. This guy is the Schwarzenegger of the world. What? That guy's your Schwarzenegger? Yeah. <laughs> um even uh, what, what, I was just looking at something right now that my, oh Bottle Shock which was this small little film he was great in that and uh, never saw it oh man it's such a fun little it's such a good little film and he would occasionally show up in these things and he would do really great work and then move right on to the next big studio thing you know And but of course obviously people I mean oh even Sweeney Todd I thought he was Sweeney nice. Todd yeah he's great as nice as Judge Turpin and Sweeney Todd I thought he was great and when they have the duet in the bar, in the uh, in, in the, the barbershop, yeah. yeah, it's just a great duet, which is one of my favorite duets ever in musical theater. To see that being done by Depp and and Rickman, and Rickman holding his own, and yeah, he's not he is not trying to sing a beautiful no no. He's just trying to like I don't know. He's singing as the character, right? And it's not bad. It's not terrible. It's not like it's a, a Russ Crow and Les Mis, right? Oh Jesus, that's which so is bad. like he's trying to sing beautifully. Oh, fuck, don't man, don't give me the gravelly voice or oh. something. Like do what is in your comfort zone. I know you're in thirty odd foot of grunt, and they're actually called something else now, uh, but it's the same letter acronym, so they right. can keep selling the same T-shirts and shit. It's smart, it's smart. You gave us. I, I don't know what the fucking name, but it's no longer. I guess so. Fifty odd foot of grunt, or thirty odd foot of grunt, or whatever the fuck the original was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Russ. <sighs> I'm standing in the water. Yeah. Oh man, stop! Please stop. Yeah, just. And if you ever hear this, I'm sorry. You can kick my ass, I guess. But like, God, please don't ever. Yeah, see looking forward like to that. the nice guys. 
I still that like looks it. funny as shit. Yeah, I still like you as an actor. Of course. I just don't know if I want to see you sing. I mean, if you like Kiss Kiss Bang, it's essentially another Kiss Kiss yeah, Bang, Bang which is great because I love that movie so much. Um, but yeah, I'm Severus Snape is the one. I mean, like, he's just so good. I mean, you have a job now because of Alan Rickman. Yeah, I well, yes, kind point. of. I partly, so. if he so. wasn't as good in his role and he yeah. sucked and people wouldn't like the movies as much and they wouldn't have done. Ten or twelve billion dollars overall. Suppose you're right, and you wouldn't have. Yeah, my my job at Universal Studios. You should give a little money to the Rickman Estate. I will absolutely. A couple Not pennies. That they need it, but I'll certainly, check. I'll certainly send some. And you never know. Funeral costs are expensive. <laughs> so, I'm sure Die Hard is still giving him nice residuals <laughs> and these movies. <laughs> I'm sure these movies are the ones that are giving him the nice I'm residuals. Sure. Well, no, his contract people... probably sucked for Die Hard. Probably, yeah, because no one knew it. <laughs> and that's another thing. I mean, that's what's so great about he was he essentially burst onto the scene. Yeah, with Die in Hard. that movie, in that movie, and I think that's his first movie. I mean, that's the thing. And, the, and credit to McTiernan, right, who directed it, because it's like okay, it's kind of a standard bad guy. It's almost a vehicle movie. But the original but, had the bad guy doing other things. Like, he's the one that suggested he's in a business suit. Mm-hmm. He's in, but like... that's what I'm saying. Credit to McTiernan for creating space for Rickman to make it his own. And yeah. for Rickman having the balls going, look, I'm a good actor. I need to do these things to make him... Yeah, this as... character makes more sense yes. if, for me and I think for this movie if he's like this. Right. I mean, it essentially could have been a vehicle movie, action movie, but... Rickman and Bruce Willis elevate it like they in their in their own ways throughout the film and that's what I think is so fantastic about the way that's, to burst on the crazy scene. thing is that's his first movie yeah and he redefined villain role for me yeah, absolutely absolutely hey, your first fucking movie mm-hmm. you redefine something that is old as old as as movies have been made yeah there's been a villain and now you've created a different way for the villain to exist yeah. in cinema goers heads yeah that's crazy and t- that it still resonates. Yeah, and it's still Whereas excellent. In 2016, we're still talking about Die Hard. Yeah, I, it's one of those movies of, uh, like, to a younger generation, like, oh, you know, I, oh, I love action films. I've never seen Die Hard. Trust me. I know without a doubt I'm happy to recommend that. Yeah. That is one you should have already seen because it's so fucking good. Yeah. And it's not gratuitous. Nope. And it is, still works. Yeah. And even with the cell phone bullshit, it still works. Because uh, you can say, oh, well, if this would be different if it had cell phones. Who knows if there's reception, especially in Beverly Hills. You cannot get reception sometimes in certain yeah. areas of these cell Or no they can just put up areas. something that blocks yeah. cell phone communication coming in or out. Real simple. Done. Yeah. Real simple. Throw up a couple you know, routers in essence. Yeah. But he has such great lines. I mean, the whole, and Alexander wept for he had no more worlds to conquer. I mean, there was just such a great it's presentation to the character. And I think that's what's also essential about him as an actor, like he brought elements of what he knew, like he's a classically trained actor. So in those moments, he has this gravitas that works that you normally would never see in a villain. Yeah. And what you're saying, Matt, is like the re the I don't know, recreation of a, or like a changing of what a villain is. It's that performance because he brings those elements to yeah, it's it's kind of like recomplecting. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I see it, but at the same time, now I see it through a different guys. Right, right. And I just, it's so rare to see. Yeah. And then just go, that was his first film. And you're like, wow. Right. I wish he would gotten more shots to swing for the fences and like, you know, to take home some Oscar here and there. Yeah. Because he was easily one of my favorite actors. That's a fantastic point, Matt. That's absolutely but, a fantastic point. Why was he never put in a position to win? Because he wasn't handsome enough. He didn't have enough juice. He didn't have enough this. Who like, knows? What he has an Oscar for fuck's sake? You know, like, you know. You know, I don't think it's about... Yeah, but he wrote it. Yeah, that's true. So It just would have been nice. You're right. It's, I think it's a great point. It would have been nice to see him win an Oscar or be put in a position to win an Oscar as one of the, at least as a, 
as a best supporting actor, it yeah. would have been nice, right? Uh, you know, you could have plugged him into our favorite movie of the year, Sicario. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's part of the English intelligence service sure. that comes in. Boom. I'm already, okay. Yeah. I love the part. Don't know anything about it, but I can already go, oh, yeah, let's pop him in here. Yeah. With a go across to try and get so-and-so and bring him back to the U.S. side. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Done. Like, you could, you could do that for a lot of films. Like, oh, yeah, we created this part just for Alan Rickman. Sure, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't even know if it'll help the scene, but <laughs> I like <laughs> Rickman it... so much, I, I believe that it could, no matter what. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's a shame. It was a rough week last week, man. A lot of people died. It was tough business. Celine Dion's husband Celine died. Dion's brother as brother? well. Two days later. Wow. From cancer. Didn't see that one. From cancer. You had Grizzly Adams. He died. I love that show growing up. Uh, I never watched it as what? a kid. Grizzly was great, man. I think it was on before I was alive. Okay, screw you. Well, what year was it on? 77. Okay, I was born in 78, the end of 78. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, anyway, it was my childhood. I didn't watch Grizzly. <laughs> he exists as like a joke to me. Oh, yeah. And that like the only time he comes up are on sitcoms or like animated sitcoms when they use him as a joke. Oh, yeah, like that. with Grizzly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like uh, the film, the film was made for $200,000. It made forty million in the theaters. The original Grizzly Adams film, adjusted for inflation, or forty million at the time. Uh, forty million at the time. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. yeah adjusted for inflation, that's probably like two hundred fifty million or right. something. That's why they made it for television. That's why they turned it into a TV series. Because like, well, shit, damn. Yeah, know, we must have hit something. People here. love bears. Let's make a TV <laughs> show. Del DiCaprio. Uh, all right. Well, do you have anything more you want to say, Matt? No. Yeah. Uh, you know. Rest in peace, friend. Yeah, yeah. You really affected, I mean, two... two Anybody that loves movies. Two fools like us who do this show. Like, we really were affected by him as an actor, and, and obviously... I wonder where he ends this. up on the immemorium. Oh, yeah. For I Oscars. hope he's last. He deserves to be last as the... Per, as like the or the first... It's one of those... It's... You need to... I, I always forget. Yeah. If, like, if you show me the list, I could tell you, be like, all right, this is who should close. Right. But who knows? I feel like he should close. This is my feeling about it. Um, okay. Well, thanks everybody for listening to our uh, recap and review of Alan Rickman's career and In Memoriam. In Memoriam. Yeah. That's probably Alan what Rickman. I put for the, that's good. Like the that. title of it. For In Memoriam of Alan Rickman. And please offer your offer your stories. Offer you, Maybe some of you got a chance to watch him live. Maybe some of you got a chance to see him. Please comment on YouTube or on iTunes or on Twitter and let us know if you got a chance to meet him or watch him on stage for those of you who've seen him throughout the world or, or maybe, maybe even been on set as an extra or something. Yeah. Who knows? So uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's the Top 10 Show, and we'll talk to you all next time.